Yeah, we're going. Alright, hey everybody, this is Steve. And this is Parnell. And this is Flipping and Mashing, a bonus episode, another road trip. Um, and we don't really have an agenda. No, for this podcast. We're not we picking just... up a game. Uh, I think we should, we could just talk about... Oh, you had a poll. We didn't talk about your pinball poll. On Twitter. Yeah, but, but no one really... I'll tell you what, I don't think anybody responded to it really. Oh, I did. I voted. Yeah, I know, but that's like a 100% vote. <laughs> that is, that, is, that, that means it's the best... It's the best answer. <laughs> right. Uh, I think that most of my followers, it seems like, are more... Arcade, or I'm sorry, video yeah, game? Ar- arcade and video game orientated and not necessarily pinball orientated. So, like, when I put up a, a video game or even, like, a, did you like the new... Like, I, I put out a, a poll in that Superman show, that the TV show came out. Because I didn't like it, but I wanted to see what everybody else thought about it. So I put out a poll that said, do you think that it was bad because of the writing, the directing, or I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I liked it. And the vast majority, like 90%, thought that uh, the show was absolutely fine. So what, I realized, what is this show? Oh, that the Superman show. It's called... Uh, it's not Smallville. No, it's not Smallville. It's about his grandfather or something. It's called Krypton. Oh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Was that on the CW or what's that on? It's on. Uh, I don't think it's on CW. Oh, it's on Sci-Fi. Sci-Fi Bottom. Oh, that's right. It's okay. I mean, I gave it more of a chance after that poll because I kind of thought, geez, you're just a negative Nancy. Maybe you just need to back off and take another look at it. And I still didn't really care for it. It just wasn't my cup of tea. I watched. Um, Probably five episodes of it. Oh, so you gave it a chance. Yeah, I gave it a real That's chance. Fine. And I just, I always thought it was just slow and kind of boring. I, I never, I never really got into it. I, there wasn't anything very exciting about it. Sure. Um, I also rewatched the Aquaman trailer in the car just a couple minutes ago. And it is not as bad as I guess my memory made me think it was. Um, the first time I watched it, I really didn't pay a ton of attention, and then just my memory of it, I think, was just forced to be more negative because I just wasn't caring. Uh-huh. Um, the town... It, it doesn't seem like their CG is as good as Marvel's. You know who also has made that exact comment was my brother, because when he saw both One Woman and uh, Justice League made that comment saying, I don't think that the CG work from DC is as good, or Warner Brothers, I guess, technically, because Warner Brothers is the ones who are producing it. The CG from Warner Brothers is as good as uh, Disney and Marvel. Yeah, I mean, I know, you know, Disney is going to be top dog, I think. Well, it really has appeared to be that way. I mean, Star Wars is able to bring people back from the dead and make it look like, I mean, the General Tarkin or Carrie Fisher, all these characters or actors, they're not even around anymore, but you're able to bring them back and have... Well, I mean, they, you know, they gobbled up Pixar, and uh, they have some of the top tech, hardware-wise and software, and uh, they're one of the ones that push it. I think there's a couple other studios that do really good 3D work, but, you know, Disney's one of the big ones. And they have money behind them. I mean, it's just... They're just a Goliath. Nothing, nothing's really going to be able to stop them unless they kind of self-implode uh, making bad Star Wars movies. <laughs> right. 
And I really do need to see the new Han Solo. I haven't seen it. No, nobody does. Um, anyway, we're way off topic because I was talking about Justice oh, yeah. League. Or, no, I'm sorry, Aquaman. Yeah, you yeah, would. So I still think Atlantis is kind of, I don't know. It still seems a little nuts. And they're taking a submarine around Atlantis. Dude, they can swim underwater really fast. Why are they in a submarine? I don't know. I thought that too when I saw it. I mean, if you can breathe underwater and you can swim super fast, like Aquaman and the rest he of these freaking brought a sub from the bottom of the ocean to the top. Right. It is odd that they just drive around in vehicles as well. And maybe it's because... They're lazy? There's too many calories they're burning? They don't want to eat that's, more meat? That's what I'm thinking What do is. they eat? Well, kind of like how... Hey, what the fuck do they eat? I think they just eat anything. Well, they can't eat fish. Those are their buddies. <laughs> I, I think I think they can still eat fish. I think they're just like basically humans. I think you they think eat. they just eat potatoes? No. I think Do you think they, they just eat seaweed? I don't think that they're vegetarians. I think that they can eat anything. I don't know, man. Oh, now I'm interested because because if they eat fish. Wouldn't they be scared? Wouldn't this fish be scared of them? It, or do they talk to them like, "Oh, come here, little buddy. I just want to pet you." And do they have to cook the fish, or do they just eat it? I don't know. I don't know anything about what the about. Uh, <laughs> All right. What about when they're filming, quote unquote, underwater? Mm. That it doesn't look like they're underwater, I, and it's kind of floaty, but it yeah. looks kind of shitty. No, I hear you. I don't know how that's really going to turn out because I was noticing that too. In the trailer, a vast majority of the trailer is them underwater talking. Yeah. Talking and there's just like. There's no audio, like, um, kind of, you know, how when you're underwater talking, there's kind of that, it's muffled. Yes. And they didn't even put like a speck of it in. No. I feel like they should have put just a speck and then done a visual cue just so you knew they were underwater. Because the one scene for sure where he's up close talking, you kind of see his body floating. Right. But the audio is perfect. The video, the visuals are pretty good. Which they didn't do in Justice League. If you remember Justice League, when they fought, or like, uh, who's that big guy? Who, who's the villain in Justice League? Do you remember his name? No. I don't remember his name either. But either way, when he showed up to get that mother box, when they wanted to communicate and talk... They made an air bubble, and they talked back and forth in open air. Do you remember that? Oh my god, I remember. Yes. But when the water was there, they were, like, looking at each other and communicating with, like, hands and stuff like that, but they were not actually talking back and forth. Is this a different director, writer? This is a different director and a different writer. Oh, I... This is what is really annoying. This is a movie from before Justice League in the timeline. Yeah. And it now is inconsistent with the fucking story arc. Well, actually, I don't know if it's before or after. We'll find out, because I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess. Well, he's saving his love, which is that redhead. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think this is a sequel to Justice League. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, did they, like, get a firmware update that allows him to talk through water? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. See, see now, it's just little things like this though that that your hardcore fans are gonna nitpick and and hate, and that is kind of annoying because they made it obvious in Justice League, right? And maybe that's a fault of Zack Snyder, the the last director and writer. Maybe that's his problem. Like he didn't know enough about Atlantis, and uh, so he decided. 
for them to be able to communicate, you have to build an air bubble, which to me made sense. Like, you can't talk underwater, but they're Atlanteans, so... Yeah, that's the hard part. It makes sense to a human. Right. But if you're an underwater, like, a mer-dude mer and yeah. a mermaid, uh-huh. you really don't need... I would think you don't need an air bubble to talk. Right. Unless you were trying to talk to a human, for instance. And he is half human. It's not like he's got gills on the side of his throat or anything. No, but she doesn't either, and she's full. True. Right? True. Yeah, All right. I don't, I, Caffeine I don't, break. Yeah. Okay. Caffeine initiated. Yep. So this here, this is a Monster Max Flavor Eclipse. Are you sure it's not just grape drink? It's grape. It's totally grape. <laughs> I don't think mine's going to make a noise. Yeah, you're just full. Kind of. Not really at all. <laughs> Mine's a by coconut lime. Mm, sounds good. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. Oh. You can probably just do a U-turn. Yeah. That's what Steve uh, doesn't know where we're going, I guess. We're going south. Mm. Not so, back home. So we'll take the north exit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone hit a skunk. That's real tasty. Oh, by the way, I have two skunks in my neighbor's yard who live there now. Because my neighbor is like, it's like an abandoned house now. Like, nobody lives there. So the yard is just a straight jungle. So I have two skunks that live in there. I have like a weasel, at least. (laughs) I think it's like a weasel family. Because I saw a little baby weasel run into my yard. And he was adorable. But all I could think is... Well, actually, my first thought was, I'm going to capture this little guy and we're going to keep him. <laughs> my second thought Great was, idea. if there's a baby, there's probably a mom somewhere around here as well. Uh, yeah, and I don't know if you should uh, make them your pet. Right, it's a weasel, a wild animal. Yeah, so, sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, I don't think we should have him around my kids. Just leave pictures. Just have pictures. Right, but my first thought was... I want this little guy so bad. Alright, anyways. Let's move back to uh, video game talk. Okay, so Aquaman. Sure. Looks good. We'll see what it got. I'm going to change my score to 4 out of 5. Mine's still a... 11 out of 5? 11 out of (laughs) 5. I'm pretty jacked about it. Um, Shazam, we don't need to go into all that. Nope, we're done with movies. Yeah. Um... So you had put a poll up on Twitter, and I know no one responded, but it was kind of funny, because you all of a sudden out of the blue text me a bunch of random crap, and it was, what games are really cool that are awesome right now? And what, what, what was it? You, your text was Iron Maiden, yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah. and Star Wars. Yeah. And I laughed, because Iron Maiden is shipping right now, Yeah. so I then asked him, you know, are you talking about just new games coming up, or new in box that you can buy today? Because Iron Maiden is currently shipping... Pirates of the Caribbean isn't out yet. Star Wars was a f- shitty game. Oh, well, was it just a shitty game to you? No. There's a handful of people that like it, and, and I'm glad they do, right? Every game needs their own little fans. Right. Because even I'm obsessed with Waterworld. That pinball machine is super fun. But I know it's a bad game. Hmm. But I like it. But Star Wars, I've played it many times now, and I still hate, hate that game. Okay. A lot of people don't like it. Maybe hate's a bad word. I just have... I just don't like the gameplay. I don't like the shots. I don't like the art. And when you do play it, it's not intuitive on what to do. 
and when you do hit things, it doesn't feel like there's anything going on. It doesn't suck you into the world. Sure. Even Guardians of the Galaxy, which I find boring, sucks you into the game. Because there's a bunch of call-out, there's art, there's music, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And there's cool shots. Star Wars is just bland. And it sounds like Disney, the license holder, wrecked the game. Wait, for, for Disney? I mean, not for Disney, for Star Wars? Yeah, for the Stern... They kept going to st- the, back to Disney or whatever to get approval, and they kept nixing everything. Huh. So so they would want something else put into it, and Disney would say, nope, can't have that. Yep. Oh. So Steve Ritchie, the, the designer, even said, Disney is one of the hardest licenses to work with, licensors, and hmm. he doesn't want... No, I don't think... They might not do another Disney. And then, But we'll see, because um, Jersey Jack's Pirates of the Caribbean is also Disney, and so we'll yeah. see how that kind of turns out, because... I don't think they could get Johnny Depp, or maybe they couldn't afford Johnny Depp. Okay. All right. Well, here's... That makes sense. Johnny Depp would be an expensive asset to have. But the Pirates of the Caribbean game, to me, looks phenomenal. That's the thing. They didn't need... They needed approval, obviously, for everything, but they didn't need to, like... The big... The ships they have in the back that that one shoots to the the Black Pearl or whatever. Technically, it could just be any pirate game. Yeah, it could be any pirate ship. So they, they needed approval, obviously, but they didn't need to to get a person's face approved. Something like that. Right. Um, and I'm assuming all the people's faces were just pulled from the movie. So as long as they make... If it's hand-drawn, as long as it looks really close, it'll get approved by the licensor. Right. One thing we talked about before about uh, the game is you get to pick your character whenever you start your oh, game. Yeah. So, and they have... A, a large amount of characters, like thirty characters. To pick yeah, from. you get a, you get to pick from a huge amount of characters. Then, if you have multiplayer game, the next person can't pick the same character, so everybody can only be one person. And then there's a, a ton of different modes, and they're all random, randomly chosen for each time you play the game. So the combination is, you know, fairly unlimited for a home use. Uh, it should be interesting. I think it'll be fun. I just rechecked the, the Twitter poll. Nobody else voted on it. So clearly my my followers are not interested in it. What haters? I don't know. It is what it is. Maybe they don't know. <laughs> um, so I had suggested Iron Maiden, Total Nuclear Annihilation, yep. and... Attack from Mars. Attack from Mars remake, and, and or Dialed In. I, just, I put all four on there. Yeah. There's, there's Houdini... Based out of uh, who's that? Great American Pinball. Mm-hmm. American Pinball. Um, but I played it. It looks really neat. And like I think I said before, the one I played was the early version. Really tight shots. It, I don't think it's a, as exciting. It's exciting for them to have a new game, but it's not uh, exciting as a game itself. Versus Attack from Mars remake, which is freaking kick-ass. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about Dialed In? I don't know anything about Dialed In. Dialed In is Jersey Jack's first unlicensed game. So Pat Lawler has made Whirlwind. So this is a new IP. It's a new IP. It's the designer's own game that he's been working on for years, you know, in his own head. And they just kind of let him... Wow, way to just have a hole in your lip, Steve. It's that, that, that lip piercing that you should probably put back in. <laughs> So Pat Lawler, he's been working on this. He had a couple... He has had Earthshaker, 
Whirlwind, kind of, kind of like a handful of disa- natural disaster games. And this is another natural disaster game, but like dialed in. Yep, it's a, on an epic scale. What does the dialed in refer to? So I think, and uh, I probably will get just corrected to hell, but you're kind of a user with a cell phone, and so you have to you call in people to help save natural disasters. So there's like a cell phone on the thing. There's drones. There's electrician and stuff, and you hit shots and you call people and stuff like that. So the whole so you're trying to save people from disasters? Yeah. And, and so the the name dialed in is kind of lame, um, but you have a cell phone, and then it will, the game will even take selfies of you while you're playing in a certain mode um, and post them up to the back box so you get to see kind of how, you know, how dumb you look while you're playing an intense multiball or something. Interesting. It's kind of a neat, it's a neat has, trick. Has anyone ever done that before? No. So it's like a roller coaster ride on where they take your shot while you're going down the hill. Yep, yep. So, oh, they also have Bluetooth so you can flip the flippers with uh, buttons on your cell phone. Now that is a huge gimmick. It's cool that they've done it to prove a point, but, but no one's ever I don't think it. people are really going to try it. A bunch of people on the forum were kind of mentioning, wouldn't it be fun if you could uh, hook your phone up and then mess with somebody playing as one of the modes? So I could flip for you randomly, either to help you or to hinder you. I would hate that. Yeah, but it'd be kind of a unique twist, right? Maybe maybe if you did, like, a head-to-head four-player game or something. This is what, okay, if I was making a game and I was going to actually do that, allow other users to drop into your game and either mess with your game or help you, I would not have them be able to affect the two bottom flippers. I would have other flippers in the game that are staggered throughout. Oh, sure. So they can mess with the ball in the actual play field, but not down at the bottom. So you can still save whatever they mess with. So they can mess with the, tra- the trajectory of the ball and have it come at you from a weird angle, but you still have the opportunity to save it instead of them literally screwing you over and draining the ball. Yeah, that, that's a better way to do it, I think, because then it's not unfair. Right. It's still, you get to mess with it, but yeah, it's not unfair. Exactly. Or, I mean, you kind of need, like, disable the pop bumpers, or disable this sling, so then all of a sudden, it just bounces instead of flies back. That'd be kind of, I don't know. There'd be, a, there'd be a lot of things you could do that'd be interesting. Right. Oh. So if you, you haven't seen, ga- I haven't really even watched gameplay of the game. I don't, I haven't even played one yet. We still have been talking about going... But you've seen pictures of it. Oh, yeah. We still talked about going to the cities to go to a bar or a place location with a bunch of the games, the new ones that we should play. Like the really cool one that you went to? Yeah, except they don't have anything. Total Nuclear Annihilation's gone. Dialed In's gone. So they only have old machines? No, they're new, but they don't have, like, um, they don't... I don't know if they rotate them or they don't keep them very long or they were on loan. But Tilt doesn't have a bunch of the new games that I saw pictures of. Yeah, again, the, the bar that we're talking about is Tilt Bar down in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, there are other locations, like we can go to SS Billiards, who has dialed in uh-huh. Pirates of the Caribbean. Really? I, I think he has a test location one, because he's their tech support. Oh. And he has a Medieval Manus remake, an Attack from Mars remake, along with the originals next to him. So he's got a lot of the hot machines right now. Yeah. And he's not, like, we could go in the... We could go on, like on a weekday, take a day off work, just drive down, um, 
Because he's not going to be really busy. He's kind of dead. Okay. Um, and then we could also go to Blainbrook, which would be on the way back up. And Blainbrook has about 20. Place. It's a bowling alley, but they have, I don't know, 30, 30 games. 30 machines? Yeah. Wow. And they range from EM old ones to new ones. In various conditions. They also have an arcade, and then they have food and stuff. But that'd be, that could be a fun one where we go to, you know, SS Billiards for a couple hours or whatever, and then just start heading home to Blainbrook and then back up. Sure. So we could beat traffic. It'd be just like going to work. I tell you what, if that guy, we should almost call ahead to find out if he does have uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Because if he had Pirates of the Caribbean before it's even released, that would be worth the trip in and of itself because, A, you'd be able to play a game that no one is able to play right now. I mean, yeah, anybody that goes there could play it, but yeah, it's not, you can't buy it, put it at your house. Okay. It's well, just test locations. Right, that, well, that's what I mean. Like, it's before it's available to the mass public, you're able to go and actually test it and play it. And just from the trailers that I've seen, this is going to be the most radical uh, pinball machine that I've ever seen. Uh, they took out a couple of those big features, right? The three spinning discs are now just one. And what else did they take out? Oh, the pirate chest doesn't do its ball showing thing, but oh yeah, it's still it's still gonna be fun. Well, yeah, they still have the, the cool ship to ship battle, launching, uh, <clears throat> launching the, the the pinball from one ship to the other. The one ship is rocking back and forth. The other is more of just a landing I'm, zone. I've heard from all the shows that the rocking ship only rocks one way. So I hope they didn't take out the full left to right rock and it just. They said it only wrote, you know, rocks, uh, for example, just to the right, right and back straight. So okay. hopefully, hopefully it rocks the full. Now I get prototypes, like for instance, with, with like a car, you make this amazing prototype. This is what you want it to be, and then when it actually when you bring it to like the production people to actually make it, they dial you way back to be like, you know, what, we're not going to do any of this because this costs too much, or this is ineffective in this way or that way. Let's dial it back to make it more simplistic. When it comes to a pinball machine like this, and they create an amazing prototype that has all these different cool things, they're clearly functional. Why do you think that they dial it back for actual production? Is it because too many things might break and stuff on it? That is why. Uh, during testing, they'll find uh, mechanic or mechanics uh, mechs that mechs or, or ramps or toys or anything that just after a lot of plays or maybe the ball gets launched off and airborne more often and that they'll just break the game later so they'll have to take out things to make it a safer more reliable game sure um there was just an interview with lyman sheets on uh head to head is that the one out in out in new york i don't know nope, it's not head to head. that's the australian guys um My gosh, I just listened to the dance yeah, and look it up. I'll edit it. Slam Tilt Podcast. Okay. And Lyman talked, he had worked on Monster Bash, and there was a, like a jump ramp in front of Frankenstein. And uh, it was real awesome, right? He, it's on his prototype. He has the prototype at his house. But what happened was, in test, the ball would fly past to the back of the game, hit plastics, hit other targets. Mm. I mean, so it just wasn't a reliable mechanism. Uh, so they pulled it out. 
Um, the three spinning discs, I'm assuming, it's a really intricate mech, and it might be fine in a home environment, but on route, it needs to be able to perform, you know, thousands of plays. Right. So that's probably why that got shafted. That makes sense. Because one spinning disc, and they probably also have it only going one way, but let's say they have it going multiple ways. It's just one disc instead of three interlayered discs that are spinning in all different directions. And the discs that we're talking about, I don't know if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean or not, but if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, it is like the treasure map that they use multiple times. It's in the center of the play field. And that treasure map has spinning discs on it that line up to bring you to different destinations. And that's what is happening on the play field is in the center you have these different spinning discs which are rotating which then as the ball goes over the top of it pushes it in different directions because the play field is spinning on it. Um, so that was a cool one visual thing but it also affected the, the ball as it travels over, over the top of it. And then another big feature which was in the prototype that is being removed off of it is also near the center of the play field is a treasure chest where you get to lock your pinballs in for a multi-ball. And the treasure chest would open up and show you all the different balls that you've locked in there, like the three balls that you have locked. And I thought that that was such a cool feature that it would open up and you could see the balls locked in there. Well, it looks like the production one will never open up. You can lock them in there, but you never get to see them. And that's, that's fine. It's technically, it, it does its function. But I thought it was such a cool feature that, like, look at my treasure. Like, you, you open it up and the yeah. balls are all saved in there. It's kind of like anytime you see in a movie or a cartoon when they open a treasure chest, the gold coins are just piled high. Yeah. Even though they don't fall out, they're just piled high, and it's kind of fun to see what's what's filled inside. Right. I thought that was a really neat thing. So, I just looked, and SS Billiards does not have a Pirates yet. Okay. They have the stern Pirates of the Caribbean. Which is the old one. Yeah, it's still a fun game. Okay. Um, somehow that game holds its value like crazy, too, so... Well, Pirates of the Caribbean is a cool IP. I personally love the series a lot. I know a lot of people crap on it, but I like it a lot. I, I kind of joke that they're just kind of making too many of them, um, but I like Pirates. Like uh, I like Pirates, the theme. Not sure. Pirates of the Caribbean, but just Pirates in general. Uh-huh. is neat, right? You know, you have, you have these Pirates... No one really knows about. It. They kind of hijack ships. They're rebels, and some are maybe more like Robin, Robin Hood. But um, I really like the first couple parts of the Caribbean movies. I never really watched the later ones because it just, you know, they were just pumping them out, and I just thought these can't be any good. So I just never watched them. And maybe sure. they are good. So I've watched all of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Um, the first one is still probably the best one. Uh, the second two, one of the main villains is Davy Jones, and I love Davy Jones. Oh, uh, he was such a good bad guy. Right. So even though those... Is that the one where he, he's like a human, and then the moonlight? Yeah. And all of a sudden there's that... Well, no, no, no. He's he's always... He's the octopus guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he always... But but the, the his crew walked up, and all of a sudden there's skeletons in the no. moon. Who's that? That, that's, uh... Those are the B. Bieber. No. Let me look up. Who is the villain in Pirates of the Caribbean? 
Babalik. Barbosa. Barbosa. Okay. Uh, was that the first or second movie? That is the, the first one. But okay, so okay. Barbosa is in in all of them. Well, not not all of them, but he is in and out of all of the movies. But anyways, so Barbosa has the skeleton crew. Okay. And when the moonlight hits them, they all turn into skeletons. While Davy Jones, his crew are all like sea monsters, kind of. Oh, like, that's right. Yeah, like one's got like a hammerhead, yeah. shark head, and other one's got like a puffer fish like face. And they're all like made up of all these different like pieces. They're, they're like they're like mixed and matched together. Yeah, human sea creatures or something. Right. Because like the longer they've been down in in the sea, the more oh, morphed and weird. Davy Jones are. is the boat that goes underwater. Correct. Yeah. So his boat's super cool. His lore is really cool. I love his like tentacle face. I think it's awesome. Like his way, his beard's always constantly moving. Um. So I think as a character, Davy Jones is super cool, but his movies aren't as good as the first one. Okay. And then. The other ones, it's them trying to just still make money off of this IP. So they, I think they got five or six Pirates of the Caribbean movies right now, and they do continue to be entertaining. I enjoy them, but they're not nearly as good as the original trilogy. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. So I mean, they're at least good for a one-time watch. If you want to just sit down for an afternoon and enjoy a a fun, adventurous, you know, pirates movie with, like, lots of, like, magic and stuff like that, or, maybe not magic is the right word, uh, like, fantasy. They have a lot of cool stuff in it. But, uh, it's, it's not as good as the original one. Now, the latest movie, the villain in it, is one of my favorite villains of all time. Not, uh, the, the actor himself. I don't even remember what his name is, but he's the main villain in uh, James Bond uh, Skyfall. Do you know what I'm talking about? Which one's... So Skyfall, the main villain, he has like his job piece comes out. Oh my god! Yeah, he's on the island and he makes her shoot... Yeah. And he... uh, He gets out of even Interpol or whatever. He escapes that. Yeah. He's such an epic villain. I love his attitude. I love the way he acts. I I like the way he talks. I, I think he's such an interesting uh, character and actor, and he does a very similar thing in the new Pirates of the Caribbean. But his his body, like it's, I'm trying to way trying to describe it. It's like he's been like half disintegrated. Like half of him is there, and like half of him is. It's like he's always underwater. Like when he walks around, he looks like a ghost almost. So it's like he was from James Bond, but they just kept disintegrating. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, yeah, he, he he's a very ghostly-like creature that looks like he's like always moving underwater. And it's a really neat look. I enjoy it a lot. Um, and his his the character that he portrays is a really cool character as well. But, again, as a movie... It's not as good as the original trilogy. I like that a lot more. Um, are the later ones really all just Jack Sparrow? Are, is um, what's his face? Um, Who's the other guy? Orlando Bloom. Yeah, is he in any of the other ones? He's in the latest one. Oh, interesting. So, 
And then there's uh, what? Kira Knightley. Kira Knightley is not in. She's only in a couple, right? Right. They did bring her back at the very end of the latest movie. <laughs> like she showed up for like a snapshot. So they're like kind of teasing they couldn't have another one. Right. Well, they're, I, they're, I think if I remember correctly, the way they ended the last movie, they're gonna be bringing them all back. Something looks like. Well, I think they even have a Pirates of the Caribbean at um, Disney World. Well, that's where it originally came from. Did you know that? What? Pirates of the Caribbean was built off of a ride. Was it? Yeah. So, okay, the, w- the way they came up with this whole Pirates of the Caribbean idea in the first place was there was a ride that was designed and created in Disney World that I, I've been on, and you just you get on a boat, and then you travel on this little like river, and you go in and out of like caves, and you have animated like uh, statues, whatever, yeah. of like pirates laughing. Yeah, animatronics. That's what I was trying to say. Laughing and with this is a, this is based singing. off that. It's not based off like a book or anything. No. It's only it's it was created off of the that ride. Yeah, off of the idea of that wow. ride. Wow. See, that's how you make a new IP. Yeah. That and that's a good maybe they could have had a better story arc pre-planned out, but I thought that was pretty good. Well, exactly, cuz it's it's made off of essentially nothing. Like some yeah. guy had a really fun time on that ride and said, "You know what? We should make a movie off of this." And then he just did it. Yeah. Well, you can kind of tell like they might have a trilogy and then they just keep making new trilogies so they're making new little or maybe they go, oh, we'll, we'll try one more mm-hmm. and see if it does well. Then we'll make another one. Right. And uh, so the one constant in all of the movies is Johnny, uh, Johnny Depp, of course, because he's their moneymaker for sure. Oh, yeah. And he he's the jokester. Yeah. He's a funny pirate. Yeah. And he always gets into shenanigans. So makes sense. But I, I enjoy the series. And luckily they make enough money off the movies to pay him, because I'm assuming he is expensive. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm not a celebrity, but I don't know. I mean, I guess some celebrities are into pinball and some aren't, but in uh, an interview, I think it was Lyman even said, when they were doing Sopranos, the entire cast loved it, and they all gave sound clips. Hmm. And it was one of the last games to get so many call-outs from all, a bunch of the actors and they loved it and if you look at you know all the games today you like Stern and even Jersey Jack's Pirates of the Caribbean they're not going to have call-outs from the real actors they're getting all these approved voice actors mm-hmm. and that's it's sad because it kind of sucks right Walking Dead they didn't have the real actors which I feel like they might have been able to get them they're not, they don't at least get one, like one bad guy to do the call-outs or something. Um, the other day, what were we doing? I was looking to buy a couple games for a, a buddy of mine just picked up a PlayStation 2. And he was excited to open Grand Theft Auto uh, San Andreas and there was no game. And I was like, I have a ton of views at the used game store across the street from our work. So uh, me and you walked over there. And I was going to pick him up Grand Theft Auto. And I ended up getting him Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and then Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2, which is an absolutely amazing game. 
Um, and then a memory card, because he also didn't have one of those, and playing any game without a memory card is a horrible waste of time and money, or time and effort, because then you have to start over every time you reboot your PS2. Right. Uh, so, while we were talking about these older games, you brought up to me that Jack and Daxter had a kart racing game. Yes. Jack and Daxter X. Yeah, no, no. So, okay. There's only one Jack and Daxter. The rest are all just referred to as Jack. So you got Jack and Daxter. Oh, that's right. Jack 2, Jack 3, and Jack X. Jack X is Wait, the Wait, there's race Jack game. and Daxter, which is the first game, right? Correct. Then there's Jack 1, 2, 3. Right. And then Jack and Daxter X. Right. And then oh, there's, okay. there's two PSP games. Okay, yep. I don't really remember their names. I think one's called Legacy and one's called, like, Sky Kings or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have them. But, but Jack and Dexter is a PlayStation-exclusive platformer. Right. Um, it did very well. It was highly highly raised, praised. It was kind of like a 3D version of Crash, almost. Same kind of cartoony graphics, really good humor. Well, you know, I don't know why. It was a Naughty Dog. Exactly. It yeah. Made by the same person. But uh, it was fun. It had humor. The little uh, rat guy or whatever, he's like a little cat-looking thing. He's funny, and then... And Jack doesn't talk a lot, but he, you know... Well, I'll tell you what. In the first one, he doesn't talk at all. He's a mute. Yeah. Because a lot of the games back in that era, the main characters didn't talk. That way you would feel... Like it was you. Right. Okay. And then in Jack 2, he immediately starts talking. And <laughs> I think his very first thing is he, like, swears right off the bat. So then, like, Dax is looking at him like, Oh, my gosh, you need to watch your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had I owned those games, uh, great games. But you had said I didn't. I wasn't big into kart racing games in the PlayStation era. I only played Mario Kart at my friend's house. So there was Jack and Dexter X. Yes. And you you got excited as hell about it. Jack X to me is the best racing shooter. How would you refer to that as? It's like a. What you, I don't know. It's a racing shooter. I, I guess I, it's a car shooter or whatever you want to say. Oh, we had got... We had started... The reason we brought it up... Or you brought it up is because we were talking about Twisted Metal. Yeah. And how awesome these older... Like, uh, I wanted Twisted Metal to make a comeback. And it was about time. And it's the perfect time to bring a new Twisted Metal back. And then you said, have you played Jack and Dexter X? And I was like, no. And then, we, and then you had me watch a video and I was going, this does look good. Right. Because Jack X is my favorite uh, car shooter or racer shooter that I've ever played. And you can, one, it has a good story in it. Two, it has really good modifications. You can modify your car. It has a lot of different cars to choose from that you can modify. Um, the, the art, the, the graphics, it's all really cool. Now, again, these are older, you know, PS2 style graphics, but. On the PS4 right now, they have re-released all four uh, console games. They, didn't, they haven't released like the PSP or anything like that, but the the actual four main console games, they've re-released them in HD. So I'm excited to kind of see how they actually look, and I might even think about trying to figure out how to buy them or whatever. And which ones were in that four-pack? Just Jack and Daxter. Jack 2, Jack 3, and Jack X. In Jack 2, he comes... 
well, I don't need to go into the whole entire storyline of Jack and Daxter, but uh, in Jack 2 is when they introduce vehicles. They have some really cool, like, motorcycles, like, they're hover bikes, some hover cars that are really awesome. In Jack 3, they expound upon the vehicles because the vehicles were such a big hit in Jack 2 that they went even further with it. They built uh, a map that was, I think it was supposed to be like six times as big as Jack uh, 2. And it was this huge desert area and they introduced doom buggies. And on these doom buggies, they added machine guns onto them. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so you'd be driving around, and you'd be mowing down these, like, big dinosaur creatures because they had, like, these, like, gems in, like, their head that you had to collect. So you'd be mowing down these dinosaurs, making these huge uh, jumps off of sand dunes. And it that was such a hit, and people loved that so much that they decided, you know what, we should just do... People love spending so much time just racing around in the desert on these dune buggies. We should make just a racing shooter game where that's what the whole entire point is, just to drive around and shoot each other in these dune buggies. I wonder when it came out because, like, Twisted Metal was hot, and then Vigilante 8 came out. Um, Mario Kart has always been around. Right. But there's been a couple other combat-like car games that uh, even I have no idea about. Well, Crash has one. Oh, yeah, Crash CTR. Uh, Sonic now yep, Sonic has had, one. I don't know when Sonic finally came out with theirs. It probably was later. There was even a Mickey Mouse one on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> even, uh, even, even SpongeBob has one. Oh, yeah, SpongeBob. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and a lot of them might not be as bad as you think. Like, if you judge the book by its cover. Right. Um, the problem is, I just looked up, there was a Jack collection for the PS3. But it's only Jack and Dexter, Jack 2, and Jack 3. I know. And the PS4 has the four-pack. Correct. So we were we were torn. We have a PS4 at work, so it's like we're, we're torn on... And I think it's digital only, so you have to... You have to buy it. I don't want to pay my money to have it stuck on the work Correct. PS4. Correct, and that's how I feel about it, too. If we could find the actual PS2 version, we could pop it in my PS2 and play. You know what? I think my brother has all the games. You think he still has them? I think Does he, he have a PS3 or two? I think he does. I have a PS3 that's backward compatible as well. I'll talk to him. I think he has all of my Jack and Daxter games. That'd be fun. It'd be fun to start playing these things that we talk about, especially when we have the nostalgia oh, memories of it. Do you know another shooter? Star Fox for um, the GameCube had a ground-based tank war game that you would drive around in tanks and shoot each other. It's different because it's not a racing game. Yeah, that was an RPG-ish, not RPG, but it was the, yeah, that was the, the platformer that people were like, eh, it's no, okay. No, not referring to that one. There, there was a second uh, Star Fox. There was a real Star Fox game that came out for the GameCube. Yeah, there was two, though. There was the... Right, the, the arcade one where you just platformed around, had a you weird, unique, uh, like, magical storyline where he was, like, dealing with dinosaurs, which is so off from Star Fox... And the reason why is because it wasn't supposed to be a Star Fox Star game. Fox Adventure. Yeah. It was a good game. I personally liked it a lot. But it had... Because you like weird games. I do like weird games. And I I like action-adventure games. And that's what that was. But I... Um, it was very off from the brand of Star Fox. But I'm saying they made another one, which is on-brand. They had awesome air battles. And... 
multiplayer like tank battles as well and it's similar in a way to these arcade racing shooters because you're racing around in these tanks shooting each other was it Star Fox Assault? yeah no that's the airplane game but you were also on the ground yeah also on the ground with tanks and stuff. yeah third person But that's that's more off-brand. Like if we're talking about racing, like shooters, that's that's not a racing game at all. Like they don't have a racing mode. No. It's just um, drive around in a square, shoot each other. Yeah, the main ones I remember were the Twisted Metal, Vigilante Eight, which I have for sixty-four, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, and I never played Crash Team Racing, Hello Kitty, Car Racing. <laughs> what was the game I played with Nikki? Uh, Kirby Air Ride. That's kind of like Mario Kart. Oh, they have cars? Yeah, on GameCube. Okay. Um, and then their Jack X. I, I think we almost were talking about doing like a special of uh, the car assault games. Right. Well, we'll have to play a bunch. I did fire up Twisted Metal 1 on my RetroPie. Oh, man, the controls are funky. You're just not used to them... I think uh, PlayStation's D-pad was digital, so it was, you know, full or nothing. And so turning on the mm. on Twisted Metal 1 was just... Super sharp. Yep. Tight every single time. Usually you have to just tap it quick. I mean, it... Wow, you're going to town. Hope you know how to hold your pee. I'll just pull over the side of the road. <laughs> no pit stops! <laughs> Hand me that bottle. <laughs> Just pee in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to start doing that. It's man, it's hard to find some time though. Sometimes it just life gets so busy. We were getting pretty good at being weekly recording, but yeah, I've said multiple times to myself that I was going to try to buy that uh, the three pack for the PS3, the Legacy Edition or whatever, so I could play through the Jack and Daxter series again but now that the PS4 has the quad pack right including Jack X which I really love I don't think it hit the market really hard but I personally loved it a lot I I forgot okay so when I think the first re like re manufacture of a game or redo was Crash and they really put a lot of time and effort into it so that it is like it plays at a high resolution it looks way better and i want to say that the jack series got a facelift but it didn't get the full-on treatment right and so people were just kind of shitting on it saying well it's not they didn't make it you know 1080p or 4k so there's no point and that's why i haven't gotten it because i did i talked to the guy at gamestop about it he said well no, they didn't remake the game. They just uplifted it a little bit. Yeah. So that's why I didn't think it was worth my time to rebuy them all and try them all out again. I was kind of waiting for this moment that the PS4 now is brought back where they redid them all and they're all super sharp and clean. Are they? Yeah. And now they're coming... Spiral the Dragon yeah. will be coming. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's coming to all platforms. I think that that exclusivity of, to Sony is gone. Well, they can make a lot more money off of it by bringing it to everybody. That, and I think Sony 
since Sony just produced it, they didn't pub or they they just published it. They didn't produce it. They don't own it, or it's not an exclusive anymore. And that's not Naughty Dog. That's their nemesis. What is that? Insomnia. Oh yeah, Insomniac. Yeah. Funny. That was a. I really like Spyro One. I'm not a huge fan of the rest of them, but um, I'm glad to see them. I'm, I love these little nostalgic kicks. They're, they're hitting it right. Where the people that played it are now in their you know 30s and 40s, have the money to buy video games, really want to get old things again. Sure. Um, like I remember being at my old job and there was a coworker of mine who was buying back all of his old toys and old things that really struck a chord with him. He got a Firebird, and he had to have this very specific Trans Am, and then he got this ski uh, shuffle bowler and this specific arcade game. And he actually had a handful of arcade games in his basement. I think one of them was Jurassic Park. And uh, it was kind of interesting to see. And he, I mean, he was buying other toys from his early childhood to, to hand down to his kids to have for their their kids. But, hmm. you know, he wants to make sure that those get kept. Like all the old Fisher-Price toys. And, uh, like, the pull-behind clock. No, I hear you. Just stuff like that. And he was going, He, I mean, he was going out of his way to spend money to find this stuff. Interesting. Um, I love reliving some nostalgic stuff, but I, I'll pinch some pennies and not do it. I also don't throw away things, so I have I, all my old consoles. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I usually dump my console for whatever the newest current console is. I only have one system usually in my house at a time. I have two systems in my house right now because they kind of work together, and that's the Nintendo and the Xbox. They, they, one is my mobile gaming system and one is my sit-down system. You also just got a PlayStation 3. It's true. So that we can, uh, or you can start playing some of those exclusives from some, from a while back. Right, because I've never played any of uh, Naughty Dog's... Uncharted! Un- right. Fantastic series. And I really, really wanted to play through it. And now I have the opportunity to go back and play through that entire series. You could even do Killzone. Yep. Because I never played two or three. I played just like I think the intro mission of Killzone 2. Okay. I never even touched three. It. I remember. Do you remember when it was supposed to be hyped up to be the big Halo killer? Yeah. And it didn't get close. Even as its own game, not even comparing to Halo, it wasn't that amazing. No. Oh, I was so disappointed because I was... I was hyped up because I was a big PlayStation fan at that point. Right. I think so. The manufacturer or producer, whatever it is, was uh, Gorilla. Gorilla Studios. And Gorilla Studios, I don't know if it was them hyping themselves up or it was other people who just really wanted an alternative to Halo so that Sony would have this something to combat Halo with. So. I don't know if it was them propping themselves up or or if it was everybody else who was on Sony's team trying to prop them up saying, we have the Halo killer. This is Killzone. We are going to wipe the floor with Halo. And uh, they, okay, I will say, I think that uh, Killzone 1 was very entertaining. I liked it a lot. My brother and I played it a lot. But no matter what, it doesn't compare to Halo. Halo is a much smoother, cleaner, better game. Uh, all the animations are better. The sounds are better. Uh, Killzone was much more gritty and realistic, but 
it was more clunky. Oh, like, uh, totally clunky. Very clunky. You you couldn't aim as good. You couldn't perform as good. Uh, whereas Halo, right from the get-go, Halo 1 was smooth. It was smooth. It was fast-paced. Well, the first one was a little slower, but they got progressively faster. Right. And everything but, but was even, fluid. Right, but even for the first one, that everyone loved it so much because it was so clean and smooth. All of your motions and everything like that were perfect. You you felt like you were in the game, whereas Killzone, it felt like you were playing a video game instead of being a part of it. It felt clunky. You, you push a button and then it reacts instead of uh, reacting immediately. Sure. Yeah, I have it for PSP as well. I th- and it was an entertaining. It's more of a top-down. It wasn't a first-person game. Oh, I owned it also for the PSP. It was all right. It was something for me to get through a plane ride. Right. I, I do that a lot, a lot with, like, series. If they come out with little, like, side um, games, stuff like that, I love it. And I kind of go all in on it to see what uh, what kind of an environment or world are, they are able to build. Like uh, Paladins, for instance. They have the mobile game which is a top-down game, and then they have their first-person slash third-person shooter, which is, you know, on all, yeah, on all, all of the consoles. And I, I like it when they have kind of intertwining worlds like that. Mm. So another game that uh, I remember from my past being obsessed with was Tomb Raider. Now, did you see the new movie? Yes. Was it good? Was it good? I enjoyed it. God, I gotta go see this crap. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I've been, I've been wanting to. I was a huge Tomb Raider fan. Until they made the game where she was out in London. Like, being a knight. What do they call it? Like a cat... Cat crawler or a knight? Knight crawler kind of, you know, walking in London's museums. Because it, it just it lost its roots of being a Tomb Raiding game. Oh, she was more like a Catwoman almost. Yep. Um, so I was big into the first four, three or four, for sure, three for sure. Um, and I, I mean, I was just obsessed with it. I have a, I have a Tomb Raider uh, PlayStation 1 memory card. That's kind of unique. It is. Um, but there's a new game coming out. They, be, they keep hyping it on the Xbox Twitter account. That's because this new this new trilogy that they've created for which the movie is based off of, it's a really cool series, and I highly suggest. Have you played? Yeah, I played through number one. Okay, and I, I love it a lot. So this is the second coming out. No, this is third. This is the third game. Third one. This is the end of the trilogy. Holy moly! I've already missed. Okay, so I need to go. I have an X- Xbox One, so I'll probably have to go get my Xbox. You might um, be able to get the first one for free. You might be able to. Okay. I would check it out. I think you might be able to download it free. I got mine for free, but it might have been a limited window. Usually it is, and I always miss it, so... <laughs> probably. Um, I did buy the top-down one, where he... Uh, it's it's Laura, and um, that... I don't... Is it like a, an Amazon guy? or an, Yeah. Uh, and he, you, you have to free. co-op to play with each other? You bought yours? Maybe it was free. I but, think you got it for free. Maybe. Hopefully. Because <laughs> um, yeah, they released that one month. Uh, that seemed fun because it was a co-op. You had to co-op to get through it. And I, I like those kind of games. Wait, you co-op? 
No, I didn't really play it. Oh. I didn't get the option to co-op. Because I played through several of the missions, and you have... I think either you switch back and forth. I think I think you do. Yeah. I think that's what it is. But you can co-op, and that was, that was what I was excited about. Because I was like, oh, me and a friend can then uh, play through this. Sure. You know the... Speaking of PlayStation and old... You know what a really sweet-ass co-op game is? What? It's for PlayStation 2. It's called Cookies and Cream. Never heard of it. It is an amazing co-op game. Especially, uh, it's a little bit maybe on the easier side. So, man, it's not super easy. But you could you could get away with a younger child or a significant other and play. Where it's easy enough, like like one person has to row a boat up, so you have to use those dual uh, the, you know the dual shock joysticks together in sync to do the rowing. So it's it's definitely playable by most people. Why do they call it cookies and cream? Are you like in a candy world? No, I don't know. One person's name cookie and one person's name cream. Huh. Okay. Yeah, no dude. Uh, this my uh, neighbor in the dorms in college told me about it and I thought he was absolutely nuts. Then I got the game. And then I realized me and my girlfriend at the time were playing it a lot and it was pretty fun. Uh, it is wonder if I still have it. I'll have to go check. It'd definitely be a game where I would want to um, introduce it to my daughter when she, you know, turned five or so. So I should probably buy it now and put it in this big pile of crap in my basement. You know, really stack up this stuff I'm hoarding. No? No. Yeah. <laughs> um, Is there any games you remember that you loved? Did you play Tomb Raider 1? Yeah, I did. Do you remember the T-Rex the first time you met him? Oh, no. I didn't play all the way through it. I didn't oh. I didn't own it. My buddy owned uh, the first Tomb Raider, so I watched him play some levels. I myself never... I actually never personally played number one. My, my friend did. I feel like we need to play some of these. I don't know. So, here's what I... Washington, well, I take it back. I had a PlayStation Underground demo disc of either Tomb Raider 1 or 2 or something like that. So I played through some of the demo. Um, I, in comparison to the new ones, the old ones... Dude, I, they're clunky. They're super clunky. It's PlayStation 1, man. I know. And the PS1 had save points. So if you died and you didn't get to a save point, fuck you. <laughs> Start again. I hate that generation. Oh, um, having to be shot back all the way to like the oh, beginning of the level, but it made you a better player? Question mark. Question mark for sure. Um, but it was funny because the level where you find the T Rex was one of the scariest moments besides Resident Evil, where you know you get you walk you're running down this freaking uh, cave tunnel, and it hits a dead end, and you kind of you know you find this little pocket where you get to a treasure chest or whatever the hell it is and you get uh, a gun or something and you come out and the music changes and T-Rex just comes stomping after your ass and you're just running as fast as you can screaming you know, jumping backwards shooting this T-Rex with a shotgun hopefully making some damage so he dies oh my gosh and then <coughs> another scary time is I remember we were in it was kind of watery in a big cavern and we, you know, we, we, we swan dive into this big pool. Then there's two alligators that come flying out of nowhere. And you're screaming, trying to swim to get out of the edge, you know. 
and then uh, there was a level where these red velociraptors pop out. It's toward the end of the game. And holy smokes, did that scare the crap out of you, too. They, that was a really sweet game for the time. And it was amazing what they did with the graphics for the sequels. Like, how, how they were able to get so much more polygon count just because they knew how to program on the system better. That is one thing I love about seeing from the beginning of a generation of a console to the end of the console how much more they're able to pull out of the exact same system. Yep. They're using the exact same hardware, but they've learned how to adapt and use so much more of it. I, it's always been exciting to see the, from like the very first Xbox game to when they uh, are going to come out with the Xbox 360, how much better the end games are. Same with like the 360. Uh, yeah, such a dramatic difference. PS1 was a huge difference. PS2 was a huge difference. PS3, I think got better, but I don't think it was too bad. I, I know PS3 was hard to program for because the Emotion Engine um, and all the risk-based crap versus some of the Xbox stuff using you know an easier way to either easier methodology and hardware. But now on the PS4 and Xbox, it's just a piece of cake for everybody and. I don't know if there's... It'd be interesting to look at PS4 and, and Xbox One, you know, original launch games versus, you know, what's new coming out, Anthem and all the new stuff, Tomb Raider, for instance, even. Even seeing Tomb Raider, uh, Last of Us. That game even has a huge graphic update for the sequel coming out. Really? Yeah. They were doing comparisons. This one looked good. Yeah, this one looks even better. Huh. But that also might be because they have PS4 Pro and the Xbox X. Okay. So maybe they're maybe that is like oh here's our original and then here's the the 4K version. So that that's what sucks too. But oh, speaking of that, Xbox just rumored to be releasing a new console. No, they're rumored to release new hardware. No one knows what it is. Okay, so it could just be at the new a new Xbox controller. X. Yeah. Oh, it could be anything. It, it, and we do think it's a controller because they've stopped stocking the Elite controller. Right. I think it's a new Elite controller. I don't think it's a new system. Um, I did find out that the new system that they're working on in the background is called Project Spartan. No, oh, take the back. It's called Project Scarlet. So, um, I just found that out recently because on Twitter I was talking about this new uh, hardware that's going to be released and what people thought that it might be. And uh, they said that they don't think it's going to be a new console. That the new console, they're working on it, but they're like in the middle of working on it. Or in the beginning of working on it. And that it's called Project Scarlet. So, I, I, I learned that all via Twitter over this and last there's, week. There's no leaked specs, but I'm assuming it's just a real jacked up Xbox One. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, to me, I really want them to hold off because... We all just bought these Xbox Ones not that long ago. For them to start pumping out new console systems is just going to grind my gears and they just need to back well, off. Well, that's the thing is uh, the last couple console gen lives have lasted 10 years. Right. And that's how I feel a, gen a generation of a console should survive. Which is a long time. Yeah. But we don't want to buy a new system every four years. Like, let's hold this off. At least let it be like eight years. I don't know. That's how so, I think about it. Xbox One came out August 2016. 
you can't, this is two years now, you've got to hold off. This has got to be at least a five-year round. In my opinion, I want it to be eight years. That's the nuts thing, is like, I am totally fine with the graphics now. But are they trying to compete with PC? Do you think that they're like, either they're they're, they're trying to go against PC and pull those users, or they're just trying to beat Sony? It's a combo. It's the, it's people who compare themselves to PC, which are always going to have better graphics, because they can pull out a card and slap in a new card whenever they want. Yeah. So if Xbox wants to do that, there's an easy solution. You make a console that has the ability to pull out the card and slap in a new card whenever you want. Leave all the rest of the specs the same. Only have the ability to pull out maybe certain elements, like the graphics card or something like that. So you can update and uh, upgrade them every two years or whatever. That'd be interesting. It might be hard for... Maybe. for Well, now on their new platform it might be easier because... Uh, Essentially it's a small computer. It is, yeah. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. I, I was really slow to adopt the Wii U. I was slow to adopt the Xbox One. So I don't mind waiting. I'm always going to be behind because there's not enough time to, to put into gaming as I used to. But, yeah, I'm in no rush to get the next console because they're going to, you know, it's going to cost four to $500. Right. I don't want to spend that. I, I have a Switch. I, I'm not, I don't care about graphics. And, I don't know, I, I just really think it's way too early to be talking about a new Xbox or a new PlayStation. These systems just came out. Let it germinate for a while. Well, and then they even, they just released the Xbox One X, which is like the 4K version. Same with uh, the PlayStation. Yeah, just let it be. PlayStation Pro, yeah. I would would take a new controller. I think if they had, um, they've had to have, you know, feedback from the first Elite, they could make this new Elite controller even better, still charge 150 and, and it would sell like hotcakes right. for that's pros. That's what I think is what's going to happen. Is it's going to be something to do with like VR or something to do with like a new cool controller. It's going to be an accessory. Do you, I don't think it's going to be a new system. I guess you could do VR on the Xbox One X, but I, we have it or we had it in the office for a while on the PS4, and I just didn't made me sick. I didn't really care for it. It's not my gig. I mean, if you have to be on the cutting edge. You know, how often people buy, like, the Oculus or whatever, how much do you think they actually use it? I don't know. I mean, it's like the Wii. It's it's a, it's a hype train. It's a fun right now, but then it kind of gets put on the desk and collects dust. Right. I mean, I, I think that the technology is amazing, and I think it's awesome to have virtual reality. At the same time... It's not something that people use every single day. Yeah, no. It's not something that I think people want to use every single day because it's it. You have to set aside a good chunk of time to literally block off the real world to go into a virtual world. Like for me, when I'm playing a, a mobile game or my Nintendo Switch, I can be in the real world, put down my Switch because it pauses in-game, wherever I'm doing, well, unless it's a multiplayer game, but I'm saying, let's say I'm playing uh, Sonic or something like that, I can stop the game, just punch the off button, put it down on the counter, deal with the kids, pick up the game, pick up exactly where I left off, 
which most games don't have that ability. A lot of the Xbox games, one, you're tethered to a TV. Two, you can't pause it in-game and just deal with life and come right back to it because of most of games I feel like now are online only. So the real, so the game is constantly living. Oh sense. yeah, yeah. You have to be on the internet, right? Um, so, anyways, Nintendo has done a good job besides the the multiplayer games of being able to just pause any game at any time, pick it up anywhere, anytime. If you need to pause for a couple hours, whatever, that's no problem. Just pick it up and play it anywhere else on the fly. Uh, what do you think if Xbox came out with a handheld screen? Mm. What if they either pulled a Switch or a Wii U where... We could. You could have a you know oversized controller with a screen in it. Sure. Or it was um, almost like a mobile Windows phone, but just a, a mini Xbox. Like you could, it was a mini PC, ta- as a, like a small Surface tablet, but a gaming rig, and you would just have your Windows 10 games on it or something, and it'd be linked to your Xbox Live account. I haven't heard a single rumor about it, so I don't think that's what it's going to be. If they did it, I yeah, mean, I we've have seen those those Windows Phone, the Surface Phone stuff, and it'd be funny if that actually was this little uh, mobile gaming device they've been kind of leaking out or teasing or whatever. That would be cool. I guess I wouldn't have a problem with it. I would. I already have a handheld gaming system, so I don't know if I'd buy a second one. Uh, I think that maybe just for the gaming industry, or at least for Xbox and Microsoft, it'd be a good idea. Um, I know that they're already kind of half working with Nintendo, so that would throw a monkey wrench into oh, that that's right. relationship they, for they, sure. And then maybe. So, one of the big things was when Smash Brothers came out for the Wii U, um, you know, every all the fans are cheering for Donkey Kong and all the the rare characters to be brought to Smash because Microsoft owns them now. And now Nintendo, you know, owns Donkey Kong, but they can't make, uh, is it Donkey Kong Country without, you know, Microsoft's approval Things like that. Really? I didn't know that. Well, yeah, the Microsoft phone's rare now, so they have all the copyrights or whatever. But rare made Donkey Kong? Yeah, Donkey Kong Country and um, Goldeneye. Perfect Dark. That's why there was a uh, sequel to Perfect Dark on Xbox. And then they've been, you know, the rumor is they're going to have an Xbox, I'm sorry, a Nintendo 64 Classic. But then everybody's screaming, if you can't get these Rare games, which what Rare pretty much, I would say, help Nintendo succeed. Nintendo 64. Yep. You have Nintendo's own games, which are amazing, but then Rare really made their consoles sell like crazy. Sure. If they can't get Rare games onto their system, I mean, why, why do it then? I get it. It's all Nintendo games. It'll be fun. But Rare was one of your biggest third-party developers that sold your console, and... If you can't get Goldeneye and Perfect Dark and a, you know Donkey Kong 64, all those classics, ah, you're you're kind of you know hitting 60 percent. So I guess hey, here's here's what I want to happen. I'm not saying this will happen, but this is a, a, a fun theory that I wish that would happen. I like 
my Nintendo Switch. And I like this little weird alliance that Nintendo and uh, Xbox has got going on right now. Oh, if I... they would team up and make like a hybrid, not make a new hybrid, but like a connector, because I'm running my Nintendo through my Xbox. What do you right mean now. a connector? What are you talking about? Allow me to play my Xbox games on the Nintendo. You can't. Allow me to. You can't. It literally is different hardware. It would require another reprogram. The Xbox is x86-based like a computer. The Switch is ARM-based like your cell phone. Okay. It's actually so a the tablet. programming is completely different. Oh, yeah. So it's not even a possibility. Okay. Now, if they develop the game and say... As a user, I don't think of stuff like that. As sure. a user, I just think... This is a video game, and this is a video game. Why can't they work together? Okay. So, for instance, uh, Unity... No, we're going to 96. I need to be. Oh, okay. Uh, so, for instance, the game developing program called Unity, you can export your game to every console architecture, so you only have to make the game once, but you can export it. Um, that, you could say, hey... I made uh, you know Crash Bandicoot for PlayStation. I'll export it to the Switch, and that's what they did. Okay. Now, if you but like Halo, that game is way too customed to uh, to the x86 architecture. You, you're see. never going to be able to make it on a ARM. It's not going to have enough power. Okay. So I won't be able to port over my like Destiny or something. Oh hell no. Okay. Um. The only thing I was talking about teaming up was, right, so all these fans wanted these characters from, from Rare's archives, and Xbox kind of had said, hey, Nintendo, you know, on Twitter, hey, reach out to us, and I don't think Nintendo ever did. Well, you know, it's kind of Nintendo's fault, but I think they're open to talks, and once we saw that video of, of people, was it, what game was it, Fortnite? It was Fortnite and... Uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Minecraft was... Go ahead. Once we saw that video where they even teased, hey, we uh, we offer crossplay, I was going, oh, maybe oh. this is the start to a relationship of actually cross... Well, it characters. was it was Nintendo and Xbox on their official Twitters talking to each other saying, let's make something uh, wonderful together or something yeah. like that. And it's them... Uh, Playing together on Minecraft. Uh, commercial. Well, uh, so it's official. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I think this is poorly designed. It totally is. Well, sort of. So yeah, that was the Xbox Nintendo mashup, which they're teaming up. I think it'll be. It's only gonna be good, right? Because they're really. It's even punching Sony in the kidneys even more, saying, mm -hmm. "Oh." Look who's uh, not playing nice with everybody else in the playground. Right. It helps benefit each other by playing together with each other. Because they're both the underdogs right now to Sony. Sony's sold so much. But uh, I bet. I mean, if they continue this kind of shenanigans, they're not going to be the leaders in the next the next console. Well, it's already been... Okay. I forget the consumer... Oh, the sales numbers? Right. The consumer... Well, it's like a watchdog or, or a viewer or something like that. An industry follower, they are they are saying that Nintendo will outsell Sony this year. Yeah, Nintendo's looking to sell uh, a crap ton more Switches. 
Right. And I bet you PS4s are slowing down because either people want the ability to crossplay, even though they might not, or um, they do want to crossplay and they're not going to buy the PS4 because you can't do it. And what's what makes it even worse is, for instance, on Fortnite, if you have a PS4 account and then go to your Xbox to play, it's like blocked out. Right. So now, not only it's like okay, just you know, let it be. But nope, Sony now like ruins your accounts that when you try to crossplay, which is kind of sad. Right. Um. It would be so fun to see uh, new characters in Smash from. Uh, from the Rare Studios, and then, I mean, Rare is still around. They're still making games. They're not what they used to be. So it would be fun to see a new Rare title come out uh, that that has that original Rare feel. But I think what happened. I watched a documentary on, documentary on Rare, and it was you know two guys, and then they hired a bunch of people. But they they were just overworked, hard as hell. But at the time, they were so small that the passion was there from everybody. Do they own Battletoads? Who owns that? That must be rare. I think it is. Yeah. They might not own Battletoads, but they own the game rights, right? I don't know, but after the acquisition of Rare, they introduced Battletoads into some other games. Okay. So that's why I feel like they're a part of Rare. Maybe wasn't maybe Battletoads was just a game that they made. I kind of thought it was like a cartoon before, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Honestly, I've never played any of them. Yeah, I, wasn't I, I know what they look like. I know like. it's popular with some people, but I've never played it. Right. I I know what they look like, and uh, they, they put them in uh, Microsoft's exclusive fighter game. What is that called? Kill Kill something. Kill Instinct what? or Instinct Kill. Oh, Killer Instinct? Killer Instinct. So That's what? They Microsoft owns it? Yeah, Microsoft. That, that's their exclusive fighter. You know, they came out on Nintendo. Killer Instinct? Yeah. Really? It's on like sixty-four. Sure? Okay. Well, it's a and Microsoft. SNES. It's a Microsoft exclusive now. Oh my god! I wonder who made it. And they have exclusive characters like from Halo in it, and they have Battle Toads in it now, and some other unique. I mean, they have. It's a rare fighting game. That is why they have it. Oh. Oh my gosh! That makes sense. This is why it was a SNES exclusive. Okay. For a while. So Rare makes it. Yep. Alright. Now it's an Xbox exclusive. Right. Okay. So, okay. so you're, you're a programmer. You know about actually transferring games better than I do. Is it possible for them to make, let's say, Killer Instinct for Nintendo Switch? Or do they have to completely remake it? all together if they want to bring it over to the Nintendo Switch. No, it, it, this is a similar porting... Um, it'd be not super similar, but it'd be a similar porting from 360 games to Xbox One. So, you know, they, they have the art and stuff is all there, but now they just have to kind of move and recompile everything to run on the different hardware architecture and then validate that it works correctly. So, yes, it's possible. It's a lot of work. Like, last night, you were complaining about remakes costing too much. And uh, this is that. That would be that process of porting a game. Well, no, no, no. Okay, I guess... When I say I think that a remake costs too much, I'm not... It, there's a time difference. 
for instance, going from uh, a Wii U to a Nintendo Switch, these games almost came out like one year later. There's not a big difference in between uh, when the game of Mario Kart 8 was dropped on the Wii U due to when Mario Kart was brought to the Nintendo Switch. It was like two or three years later. It's not that much later. To release another $60 game that is the exact same game a couple years later versus bringing a game from one platform to another, that makes sense to me. No, but it's the same process. It literally is the same process. I hear you. I guess... So it doesn't make sense to me why you think that bringing a game from the Wii U to the Switch is bad at $60 when it's still a full game, but bringing the same game from the Xbox to a Switch is okay to be at 60 bucks. It's the same methodology. I'm with you. Okay. You're right. You are right. Because for me, to bring a game from PlayStation over to Xbox or from Xbox to Nintendo, I'm okay with you charging $60. But for me, saying for you to bring a Nintendo Wii U game to a Nintendo Switch. That's the problem you're having. Right. I'm saying it shouldn't cost 60 it pretend, bucks again. It's like you're double dipping. Right. That That's actually it. That's what I'm trying to say is that you're double dipping into the same game, Nintendo. How come you can charge the same price two times in a row and, uh, when you're bringing it from one system to another? But it is still a different system. Same manufacturer, but it is a completely different system. So I get why it would cost from, from if you're going to bring a game from Sony to Xbox it should be it should cost the same price it's a, it's a totally different system well I should have the same mindset when my, when Nintendo does it from one system to another even though they own both it's still a huge process it's still a completely different system of course it should cost $60 it's a new game on that system Nintendo is notorious notorious for Re-releasing the same game on every freaking handheld and console ever created. Sure. Look at Wind Waker, all these old games on 3DS. They just keep rehashing them. It's like, and people keep buying them. I'll tell you what, if, if I was a manufacturer and people kept buying the same Why game. Why would you stop? Uh, you would never stop. If they're going to buy it on every single platform, keep producing it for every single platform and make them rebuy it. Because as long as they keep handing you the same money for the same game, oh, I would keep reproducing it. Just like, just think, uh, the Wii had the eShop or whatever they called it. Sure. WiiWare. And you could buy old games, right? Like SNES, Nintendo, uh, Super Nintendo, all those. You could buy these old games. They've had those old games purchasable on 3DS, on Wii, on Wii U, and people still kept buying them on every console. And now the people are still clamoring for the virtual console on the Switch, because then they'll buy them again. (laughs) But they did complain, right? Like, hey, I've bought these multiple times. Why can't I just move them to my next console? And I think Nintendo, you know, they're gonna start charging for their online service. I've, they're not calling it the WiiWare or what the you know the eShop or whatever. They're calling it something else, and I think they're going to be tying your purchases to your user ID so that maybe if they come out with the Switch 2 or you get a 3DS, that maybe you can port those if they're available for that platform. You can just acquire them instead of having to rebuy them. Sure. So one thing that Xbox does nice. So Xbox has a cloud-based system, 
okay. Now, does Nintendo have a cloud-based system? Uh, I don't know what you mean. Now, this they one, have an eShop. Okay. Well, That's it. Well, it, it's based in the cloud, right? Correct. So, if I buy a game on one Nintendo system, actual hardware, okay, does it save in the cloud somewhere so I can download that on a different Nintendo? Or if no? It's, so... So it's the same game. Like I bought it offline on my Nintendo at home. Okay. Can I re-download that same game that I've already purchased on a Nintendo at work or at my cabin? One at a time, I think. Okay. So your Nintendo ID links your account. Sure. And so if you, so for instance, if you bought your Switch now and you bought Mario Kart, and then you lost your Switch and got a new Switch and logged in. Eshop would recognize that you have bought Mario Kart, and it would let you download it. Okay. So you I do not. On, you can only be on one system at a time. Though. Yeah, they don't let you do multiple uh, logins. Sure. That I'm aware of. So with the Xbox, I can download that game many, many, many times. I think you can only play it on one system at a time, which sure. makes sense. Because if I bought a disc, I could only play that disc on one video game system at a time, but in theory, I can walk around and put that disc in every system in the world. And that's kind of how they run their cloud-based system, is I can download that game on many systems, and I think you can only play it on one but at a time. you have to be logged in. Correct. Yeah. You have to be under your user account. Right. So if you logged into my Xbox, I would have to stay under your account and I could open your games up, but if you wanted to play Battlefront and then I played Battlefront, it would air out. Right. Now, my brother knows a little bit more than that than I do because he knows a cheat system. Well, because he has a wife, right? With an Xbox as well. Him and his wife play off the same game on two different systems at the exact same time. What does he do? Like, get the game started and eject the disc? So, Microsoft, I think they fucked themselves in a small way. Is this the family account? Yes. No... No, it's not because Apple does it on their iOS systems, on their iPhones. Okay, well, either way, that's kind of a nice thing, though. It is a nice thing for a family to be able to play one system, play one game at the same time. But I think Microsoft maybe screwed themselves by allowing you to buy one game and have your entire family play off of it at the same time. No. Well, this is how it works. He he cheated or. Cheated is the wrong word. He is using the system uh, to his advantage by him and his wife download the game on one console, okay? But then he makes his home console like her system or something like that. They, they, they like flip and flop each other. I don't know how to describe it. He would know how to describe it better. But he downloads, or she, she downloads her game on her system but he like associates his account with hers yeah so he plays it through her system uh-huh. somehow on his console but see you have to be on the same network so like me and you living far apart we can't just like uh, have that happen right I don't, I don't really know he would know better than we'd I have do. to verify that but I, I think that because you're in the same household so you're on the same network, the two Xboxes can talk. Meaning, you're not getting all your friends to share the one game. And everybody lives in a different city. 
and maybe our our listeners can help uh, explain it better to us. But and if, if you if you do know more about this, please go ahead and comment either in the comments or email us or Facebook us and let us know how to do this more properly so we can talk about it in the future. Well, everybody, that is it for today. You can follow us and leave your comments on. Uh, Facebook, you just search for Flipping and Mashing. You can also find us on Podbean. You can find MySpace. us on Spotify. <laughs> you can find us on uh, Twitter. Hashtag Flipping and Mashing. You'll find us on there. Um, either way, you guys have a... Well, we got Spotify. No. All right. That's it. That's it for today. We're getting out of here before he tries to make any more dad jokes. All right. <laughs> see you guys later. <laughs>